Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. This morning I'd like us to look um, into the book of uh, Psalm, Psalm 34 is the chapter that I'd like us to go through. And the reason why I've chosen this scripture, this chapter, is I believe it is a very interesting one. Um, it is believed the, the book, the chapter was written um, by David after the Lord rescued him from death. And just to give you a little bit of background, it is at the time that God had decided to take the kingdom away from King Saul because Saul had been disobedient to God. And God had then chosen David to take the kingdom. However, then Saul was angry and decided to chase David, to kill him and to destroy him. And David then escaped. David started going away from, from, um, from Saul and trying to hide in places that Saul couldn't go to uh, in order to escape him. And David then joined up with the Philistines, funny enough, because the Philistines were enemies to Israel, and David joined up with them because he thought he would be secure with them. Um, And he found himself in the presence of King um, Abimelech, and he feared for his life. He feared at that point that he would be killed. And he then pretended to be mad. And once he pretended to be mad, then King said, look, I have no need of more mad people in my kingdom. Just go. Then David escaped and went and hid in the cave of Abdullam. And that's a little bit of the context. Because then David wrote Psalm 34 to sort of give a testimony of what God did, has done for him in terms of how God took him away from took his fears away from him and delivered him. So let's open the Bible. Let's look at the scripture. Psalm 34, I will read from 1 to 4. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. So let's focus today on the verse 4 of this uh, chapter. It says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. Now this scripture talks about fears and how fears really should be handled. And I believe it is particularly relevant today when we consider that Fear has become one of the most used weapons that the enemy is using against us Christians. It is highly effective for the enemy because it's something that can easily sidetrack our faith or even prevent us from obedience to God to the fullest because we become easily blurred by what fears bring our ways. We become crippled and we necessarily don't always know what to do. And the more we fear that something will happen, then the more our thoughts and actions become slaves to fear. And the more we start worrying about things for which we haven't even got control over. 
I believe we need to gain some insight on how God expects us to deal with fear. The truth is that most people have fears. I do. I believe you do. We do have this kind of fear that sometimes are unexplained. We can't actually fathom what it is exactly, but it's something. Something that makes us worrying a bit more than we should. Someone recently did a survey, um, I believe in America, on the reason why people were worrying. And he found out that the result was surprising of this survey. I think the result showed a staggering 95% of the things we worry about end up not happening at all. 95%. So you list all the little things that you fear about, that you think about and meditate on every single time. And you find that 95% of them, of, on average, do not happen. Only a 5% that have probably taken 90% of our brain activities. So they don't always materialize. And looking out to deal with fear in the light of David's experiences is something that is relevant. Because many things around, even today, seem to be going wrong. We look at the economic recession, we look at the financial crisis, we look at employment, unemployment rocketing sky high. We look at additional job cuts, benefits reduction, and so forth. And these are things that are worrying and can instill fear in us. The good news is that for anyone who is currently struggling with fear, God is able to make us overcome this fear. He is able to deal with our fears. He is able to rescue us from our fears, to remove them from, from our mind and from our life. And through, through Psalm 34 today, I believe that we are being given a blueprint on how to deal with fear. We need to look at what David did and remember that he was serving the Almighty God, which we do. David was serving a God who is always ready to deliver us. That's the nature of God. He always comes to our rescue. And all what, did they, all what David did was to seek God and to call on the name of God. Please, I want us to read verse 4 again. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. It is encouraging to follow his example because he did not let his circumstances come between him and God. There is um, F.B. Meyer, who was a, a great British um, Baptist minister, and he did say that unbelief puts our circumstances between us and God, but faith will put God between us and our circumstances. If we look deep inside us, we will be able to decide whether we are letting these fears get in the way of what God expects us to do in 2012 and what God expects us to do generally, not only this year. Many of us have drawn down our roadmap for success in 2012. We have our own aims. And while that is all good to have, many of us also do not have any roadmap because of the fears. They are not sure whether they will be able to write down a target and meet that target, meet that objective, expectation, they are not sure whether even God will be able to answer what they put down as their objective for the year. And so they don't. 
Some people are un unsure about their health. Some people are unsure about their finances. Some people are unsure about their relationship, whether they will get a job, whether they will get a spouse, whether they will get breakthrough. Our world today is one world that is actually very much focused on allowing people to be limited by fear of hurt, disappointment, criticism. Have you woken up on a Monday morning and maybe you are working on a bad project that is turning sour and you want to go to work and already before getting to the office you are thinking, oh my gosh, how is it going to happen today for me? Or that colleague has been nasty throughout the week. How is he going to respond to me this way? And all these kind of things. So we come in the office in the morning and we, we walk slowly. And we pretend that it is because it is a Monday morning factor. No. It's probably because we are fear of what will happen this day or that week. And God does not want us to be crippled by fear. So what we should understand is David has been extremely positive in his quest for God. He has been extremely proactive in seeking the Lord. It's something that he was confident that the Lord will answer him because he knew who his God was. After all, it is a God who has helped him to defeat the Philistine. He's a God who has helped him to win many battles and he's a God who has helped him to escape the hand of Saul. And therefore, his God will help him and deliver him from his fears. He did, an, he did have an expectation that was a realistic expectation. He did have an expectation that was based on faith. And he refused to look at the faith on their own and what they would bring to him. You see, when we go to work in London, I take the tube every morning, and you have many people, yes, they are reading their newspapers, yes, they are on their iPads, but you just can't sense that everybody is suspecting everybody else. Nobody trusts you outrightly. And then if you are unshaved on that morning, and if so happens that people are unshaved for three, four weeks, then they start thinking, oh my gosh, are we going to be blown up today? And unfortunately, that's something that has been brought up by the terrorist attacks in London, in Mumbai, in New York as well. And people are no longer confident when they travel. What do you think when you go and take the plane? What's your first thought? Is it are you, that you are going to get to your destination? Or is it that I hope it doesn't blow up? I, do, I hope we don't think. When you take the road and then you want to go to work, what's your first thought? I hope the car is not going to break down. You are thinking the AA as opposed to thinking I need to get to work and it will be fine. And this is the way we live our life with fears and worries all over David's example is, I believe, to be followed. Our movement shouldn't be restricted the way we, we, we are doing at the moment. David's movement, we are not restricted. He was actually going about doing what God had called him to do. And the, David teaches us, I believe, that by praising and extolling the name of the Lord at all times, we are lifted up above our fears. In verse 1 of the very same Psalm 34, he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Bear in mind that he says, shall continually be in my mouth. It's something he will go on doing, irrespective of whether it is good or bad. Irrespective of, he woke up, of whether he woke up with a headache or whether he feels good on the day. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And that's the kind of attitude 
that we should have for ourselves? Is the praise of God continually in our mouth? Or are we waiting for the situation to dictate how we praise God? We should always do the same thing that David did. It's a verse that makes us realize that praise helps us to gain a very new perspective on our problems, challenges, and difficulties. The praise of God and his lordship over all aspects of our life help us on f- to focus on what is, is important. And what is important is that our God is omnipotent. He can do all things. He can rescue us in any situation because he is the God who is on the throne of grace. He is the God whose hand is not shortened that he cannot help. He is the God whose ears is not deaf that he cannot hear. He hears us. Even before we speak out what our fears are to him, he knows what they are, and he responds to us. That's the God that we serve. And therefore, we should focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. We should give Jesus Christ an increased place in our life. Not fear, but give Jesus Christ an increased place in our life. Because he wants us to be of good cheer. Because Christ, after all, overcame the world. So if he overcame the world with much more difficulties than our little fears, sorry, our big fears, then what is it that he cannot do? We need to follow David's example again because it's the same David who said to cast our anxieties upon God. When we look at Peter 5, 9, that's the very scripture that tells us not to fear, to cast our fears upon God for he cares for us. And if today you are here, it's because you believe that God somehow cares for you. That God has written you on the palms of his hands. That God knows what you are going through. And he wants to help you to go through. When you fear, I think it seems natural to forget that God has good plans for us. That's what seems the, the norm. Because fear is making the new norm. It seems easier for the tears for the questions, the frustrations, and the pain to be poured out before we emotionally get down on our knees and seek the face of God. At times, we may take our emotions out on those who are around us. I mean, that's something that we do commonly, isn't it? We, we, we find our best bodies, and we call on them, and we start pouring and telling and you know, going on about what's not going right in our life. Uh, well, we should probably do that first with God and talk to our God and open up to God and tell him how we feel and tell him what is, is in there, in our heart. Because he's able. Let's take anything out of our chest and give that to God. But all, still with, you know, in a reverent way. Because he is a God who needs to be revered. <laughs> Amen. David did not rely on anybody else to cry out for, for, to God for him. The Bible says, I sought the Lord, not John, not Peter, not Paul sought the Lord. I, David, sought the Lord. So we need to actually seek the Lord ourselves. And I listened to Jane, um, Jane's message uh, last week, and I think she did mention that at times there are people who go to, to Peter to, to ask for prayer, which is fine and which is normal. And, pray, and she did mention that Peter then prays for them and he tries to pray to set them free out of the fears that they have and anxieties that they have. But he's also to teach them. I think she mentioned that sometimes it takes longer for Peter to counsel people and to pray for people because he wants 
us to understand that we also have that access to God so that we go to God, continue to go to God, but not continually come for counseling when we can do what we can do ourselves is to pray and seek the face of God for ourselves. And I think it's very important to understand that we have this open channel with God. You know, we can dial God's direct number and tell him, Daddy, that's the way I feel. We don't necessarily have to ask somebody else, but it doesn't remove the role of a pastor over the ship. So I'm not telling you don't go to Peter. I'm just telling you that you, we, you and I need to learn on how to pray to God because that's what David did. And I think it is also good to understand that people can pray and the corporate prayer avails much and they support us in prayer but they will not do our prayer duties every day for us. That's the point I'm trying to bring home. And David did it. He sought the Lord himself. I think it is the right thing to do to seek the Lord. It is the right thing to do and it is not a routine. We should actually have a different mindset when we approach God, thinking, oh, he's heard me before. Why would I go to him with the same, same problem again? God doesn't think that way. He wants to hear as much as possible coming from his children. And that's what we need to do. And that's what David did. It was the right thing. It was the best thing to do. It was to call on God. His reaction will not have been based on anything else, but only on his faith. Do you know that fear can actually remove the power that we need to be effective Christians? And how it removes that power is very strange. I will give you an example which is you know, an instance of someone, a vicar, who used to have a very old car. And he, he used to have that car for many years. But then the car started, in quote, misbehaving. And all what it was is the car was not starting in the morning. The car needed to be pushed by people before it could, could start. And so every morning, the vicar goes, wants to start his car, and call on the people passing by. Hey, I need a bit of help. Can you please push my car? And so people were pushing the car, and so he was going to, to where he was going. And he then decided after two years, well, I can't carry on like this, you know, I'm going to sell the car. He sold the car, and when somebody, the, the, the buyer came to pick up the keys, he felt, oh, I can't just tell him, sell him the car without telling him what's happening. So he told him, look, I have that problem that every morning, it's only in the mornings, you know, the car doesn't start. So you need to push it. <laughs> you have the keys. <laughs> and what the, the person who was buying the car did is he opened the bonnet and he looked at it and he found a, a plug that was actually not, that was a little bit loose. It was not really put on the engine power. And he fixed it, closed the bonnet, and started the car. Now, what's the moral of that story? I believe that there is a very simple moral, which is it is important for us to be close to the source of power, who is God. Sometimes fears are making all these plugs in our lives to be disconnected from the source of power, and we don't start, and we don't move, and we don't move the way the Spirit wants to direct us. But focusing on God will help us to ensure that our, all our cables, our spiritual cables are connected to the source of life, the source of power, and then we will be able to run as much as God gives us the power to run. As much as the Holy Spirit wants to direct us, we'll just follow. 
And that's a, a very, you know, I found it amazing that we need to understand that we cannot do without the power of God in our life. And that's what David also realized. And that's why he decided to seek God. Do we realize today that we need to seek God? I believe we do. God encourages us to deal with our fears with faith and not to ignore them. Ignoring our problems is another, another thing that we are good at doing sometimes. We do go and hide behind. We think that, you know, they will be solved, you know, just like this. But sometimes we need to face our problems. Not that we are equipped to actually get the solution, but God knows the solution, but he still wants us to face our problem. David didn't think, Saul is good and nice, he will not try to kill me. He actually realized that he was having a problem with Saul. And he decided to run away from Saul. And when David realized that, oh, yeah, I am, Abimelech is probably going to kill me, he then pretended that he was a madman. He didn't say, okay, I will be like, oh, King David. They say, he's the king of the land. So they knew that David was the one that they were fearing, and they were trying to kill him. So they thought, okay, here he is in our hands, so maybe we'll deal with him. David realized he was having a problem and pretended to be mad. I'm not saying that when you have a problem, go and try to pretend to be mad. That's not the message today. I mean, don't take that home. What I'm saying today is, let's deal with our problems. Let's face them. Let's not try to hide away from them. And when we, we know, when we realize what they are, we just go to God. That's what we need to do. God encourages us to deal with that, and, and we must remember that trials do come, as do temptation and other difficulties in life. They are part of life. But if we focus on God and remember our God, then we will pray and he will answer. God does not necessarily always work the way we want him to work. Sometimes the Lord calls the storms and he will calm the storm at the same time. So if there are storms in our life, God is just unable to, to calm them, to quiet them. He will stop them. That's okay. But sometimes he will allow us to go through these storms. And what then God will do is that he will quieten us. Not the storm. He will allow the storm to come and to pass. But he will quieten us. He will help us to be still. To remember that he's God. That he will uphold us with his righteous right hand. That's the God that we serve. Ultimately, we should not hide away. That is why we need to be obedient and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Many a times we have to obey before we can feel delivered from our fears. When David praised God, for instance, he experienced relief from his fears. We don't need to wait until we feel afraid before praising God. We should praise God in all situations, in all circumstances, even when we are in the valley of fear, even when we feel we cannot take it any longer. We shouldn't be afraid, even when we are in a paralyzed state. And that's why we need to walk by faith, not by sight, but by faith. Sometimes focusing on the problem will make it more overwhelming for us. We are likely to get deserted and we may fail to see God's hands surrounding us. God says, I'm with you always. But if we focus on the fear, we might not see the end of God in our lives. We might not see the move of God with us. Somebody said before that God is in the background at times. 
God supports us always, but he's certainly always there with us. Again, when we think about David and how shaken he would have been at the time he remembered the Lord, that will help us admire that David still cried out to God. We do not know how long he would have been struggling with his fears. We do not know if his struggles were short-lived or if they were long-lasting struggles. The Bible doesn't say that. What matters is not the events that we face. What matters is not whether we are losing our jobs, we are feeling bad in the body. It is important, but it shouldn't prevent us from looking up to God. What matters is our response to these events of life. At times it's true, I feel unwell and I feel low about it. But I don't think God wants me to remain low about it. I think he wants me to look up to him and to be glad. And that's the challenge of having joy at all times, even when things are not working our way. He wants me to respond with faith to the situation that surrounds me. That's the response that David had. A positive response, looking up for his God. God is a God who has always compassion on us. He's a God who is always a God coming to our rescue. And he's the best person to handle our fear. Not us, him. David said he sought the Lord. And he said the Lord heard him. When he said the Lord heard him, I think for me, I would want to break this passage just focusing on the Lord heard me, just for a while. The Lord heard David, and I think this passage shows that God listens to his people at all times. At all times, God listens to us. Psalm 34, 15b will tell us that he hears the cry of his children for help. He hears our petitions. And he understands our needs before we ask. Isaiah 59, verse 1, says that our God indeed is not deaf, as I said earlier. God never tires of hearing our prayers. The Bible says that God's ears are open to our cries, which means God does not have selective hearing. Do you know that when sometimes your friends speak to you and then you can be taken by something else, you can think about so many things, you select what you want to hear. Oh, she's mourning about that again, again. And then therefore you're actually not picking the message that she's telling you that she's better. It's like she's mourning and, and you shut your ears to she's better. Or somebody gives you an information and you select what you hear. And therefore when you respond to that information, you respond in a wrong way. Because you did selective hearing. God does not do that. He will listen to every single thing we have to say and respond to every single prayer point we make. That's God. It's not like we send our prayers. Think about your prayer coming as an email into a mailbox. He's not going to jump words to go, okay, the keyword. There are keywords sometimes, you know, in, in a communication. He's not going to look at the keywords fear, pain, hurt, disbelief. Respond. He's not going to look at it. He's going to read everything you're telling him, line by line, word by word, even the commas. And he's going to respond to that. That's the beauty of being a child of God. 
knowing that God answered to our prayers. And David knew that. And that's when we look at three, the final statement that the, 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 of that verse. And he delivered me from all my fears. It is not, and my friend delivered me from all my fears. And it's not, and my pastor gave me a deliverance. It's not, and my mom or my dad told me what to do. The Lord is the one who delivered David from all his fears. It's the Lord who took action for his child. It's the Lord who decided to go ahead and to answer David. And it's a scripture that clearly shows that the Lord is always there to answer us. And I know that I'm hammering on it, but I think today we need to live knowing that God answers our prayers. God did not cherry pick what David's fear will be. He did not cherry pick, okay, I can only deal with that, the other one I don't want. Let me discard them. He took all his fears. David didn't say he responded to one or two or three fears. He said, from all my fears. All. I don't know what the definition of all is in the dictionary, but I'm sure that it means everything. So God delivered him from every single of his fears. Even maybe the one that we're not told to do. David wrote also in Psalm 23 that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of fear, of death, of the shadow of death, sorry, I will fear no evil. And sometimes that's where fear brings us. It brings us to, to a very low position where our perception is completely hindered, where the clouds are darker, where we do not see what is beyond. But he knew that he will fear no evil. And there is evil. The days are evil. And that's what the Bible tells us. But we should thank God for his assurance of comfort, care, and protection from all kinds of evil. We should trust the Lord to take us through whatever dark valley we may be passing through at this time. Many people hesitate to go through the dark valley. They allow themselves to sink into depression, to isolation, to frustration, almost needlessly. Others look for a detour around the dark valleys that the Lord wants them to go through. Not knowing that God will keep on putting us through these dark valleys until we learn to trust him. Until we learn to trust him. And we should be more like David in our thinking. More like David in our behavior. Following what the Bible says, and Paul wrote in Romans 8.31, that if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for me, then no fear can materialize because he will be with me. And that's part of God's perfect love for us. He drives out fear. David will have replied and applied his faith because he remembered that without faith it is impossible to please his maker. He remembered that he would doubt will not receive anything from the Lord. So when he went to his God, when he sought the Lord, when he cried out to his God, he did it with faith. He did it with assurance, perfect assurance that Jesus was his. That Jesus will set him free. And Jesus did set him free. Amen. Today, we want, I want us to have a new resolve. I want us to, 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 to really decide 
to resolve to follow God and to seek God. To remember that God has all powers to answer and deliver us from all our fear, from any type of fear, and from anything else that accompanies it. I want us to take home the message that whilst God is also able to deliver us, we Christians, we the children of God, should demonstrate our ability to praise him in the good and in the bad time. That should not change. 2012 is probably going to bring challenges you've never seen before. But remember that we shouldn't change the way we praise God. We shouldn't forget to praise God. We shouldn't close our mouths, close our ears. We should open our mouth to praise him, open our ears to his words, and respond. Let's resolve to trust God more and move the way his spirit will direct us. Let us all decide to run for gold. After all, is the country where the Olympics are going to happen. And if we are not running for the gold, when other people nearby will be running for gold, then maybe we shouldn't be in the UK. I think we should run for gold this year by being a little bit more like Jesus. You see, through our life, Christ refines us. He refines us and he equips us more day by day so that we can deal with things that come our way and ultimately run that race of life and get the price, get the gold. That's why we are running that race of life. And the more we become like Jesus every day, the more we will be able to say, God, here we are. Here, you can use me, Lord. I'm responding. We do not know what tomorrow is made of. One thing we should rest assured of is that God is able to make all things abound toward those who love him and are called according to his name. And I will want to finish this message today by quoting First Chronicles 22, 19. And it says, Now, set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. Now is a resolve for today, not a resolve for tomorrow. We do not know what tomorrow is made of. Now, let's set our heart to seek the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless, and goodbye.